Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Your discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your host, Harrison Kerrigan, Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll answer the age-old question, is there ever a good reason to deny your spouse their conjugal rights? Now, Tim, what Bible verse do you have to open up the episode for us with as we discuss this topic? Yeah, 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5 says, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourself to prayer. But then come together quickly, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Okay, so that the Bible verse seems pretty straightforward, but then I think if you were to ask you know if you were to just poll a bunch of people say that you had the ability to do that online somehow you sure. might you might not get uh as straightforward an answer as right. as paul is giving here right sure. is that a fair assumption to make <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's kind of funny because when you you know I've, I've asked this kind of question at a variety of times um particularly online, it was just it was people in general with people that I've interacted with. And most people lead with the exceptions, like in their mind, like exceptions to this rule. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about the time when your spouse is abducted by terrorists? Then are you, you know, <laughs> <something> <laughs> well, they come like up with, that, yeah, yeah, sometimes it's like the most extreme kind of hypotheticals possible. But then what what's interesting about it is it, it really is at a point where they're leading with these exceptions as if it would be absolutely stupid just to say no. Does that make sense? What do you, like what it, do you mean? Like, I, I mean, it's not as if like the standard impulse for most Christians, to say, even like solid, solid Christians, if you were to say, you know, is there ever a time to deny your spouse their conjugal rights? They would say yes. You know, that, like, even though Paul is saying don't deprive one another, <laughs> like, very, right. like very directly. And then he gives like a, he gives like a exception that's not an exception, but I mean, we can get into that in a minute, but despite the way, like how strongly Paul words it, what I found is most people are actually objecting to it being worded the way Paul words it. 
And and most of the time they're they're word, they're objecting to it pretty strongly. Meaning like the they I I asked this question recently online and people looked at me and were like, Hey, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're stupid. Of course there's reasons to deprive your spouse, you know, are you a moron or something like that? And it just makes you think, I, I, are you guys um, looking at what's being said here? <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand the meaning of words? <laughs> like what's going on here? You know, so it, it's one of those things where not only would most people, like with most people who gen- generally agree with this concept of conjugal rights, I mean, even even them, I would say that most of them wouldn't say that there's never a situation to deny your spouse their conjugal rights. So most people are going to argue that obviously there is a case to deny your spouse their conjugal rights unless you're just an idiot or something like that. So what are so, some of the reasons given that make it so obvious that there are situations where you're going, you should deny your spouse their rights. Are you saying like, what are the reasons that people give? Yeah. What, yeah. What are the reasons they bring? Yeah. So like you dummy, you idiot. Like, don't you know, like, like women, like, like here's some situations like women, a woman who just gives birth should deny her spouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or deny, yeah. Deny her spouse, his conjugal rights. Or like, what if she has cancer, you know, or what if he's beating her, you know, or, you know, what if he cheats on her, you know, or, you know, what if, what if she has some kind of disease or like, uh, what if she's sick, you know, dummy, like obviously there's reasons to deprive your spouse of their conjugal rights. So they'll, they'll, they'll get the imperious tone and they'll, they'll, uh, do people ever bring up, you know, like, Hey, what if they're just not in the mood? See, most, I mean, I, I think most, like most Christians, like quote unquote professing Christians would go that route, but I, I'm talking about even like solid minded Christians aren't. Oh, they, okay. they may not necessarily so, so go even there. so the, so even the ones who would say like hey that that's a bad reason yeah, yeah. to deny yeah. conjugal rights they would they might still say some of the other ones that you've brought up that's yeah are, that's are good reasons to deny yours and, but then you know i want to qualify that when i've see the issue is that you if you were to ask is there any good reason to deny your spouse or conjugal rights i'm just going to say no like there's no good reason mm-hmm. period like the end but then the problem is if I say that, no one knows what I'm saying yet. Mm-hmm, right. Like, like meaning I've just said something that's like obviously true. Like what I just said was right. What I said was exactly what Paul says. Uh-huh. But then I'm not allowed to say it. And if I do say it, then people think I've said something I didn't say when all I said was what Paul said. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so, so I guess just flesh out a little more what you mean by that. <laughs> right. So... Like the, the, the issue here is all this, this question hinges on what the word defraud or deprive means. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, that's like, that's what, if you say, is there ever a good reason to deprive your spouse, their conjugal rights? The, the biblical answer is no. And like the biblical answer is no, not even with prayer, not even for the purpose of prayer. So like the answer is no, like there's not. Okay. But then that all hinges on what the word deprive means. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And so most people don't understand what deprive means. So they think like deprive means like for any reason, go without having sex or something, but that's not what the word means. Right. So the word deprive, like in the Greek here, right. So you, you look up this definition, it's to cause another to suffer loss by taking away through illicit means to rob, to steal, to despoil or to defraud. Right. Mm -hmm. So you should never do that. (laughs) 
You should never cause your spouse to suffer loss by taking away through illicit means, right? Mm -hmm. You should never rob them. You should never steal from them. You should never despoil them. You should never defraud them. That's what that word means. Okay. Uh So there's not a situation like, so what, so the issue is what's happening is like whatever these exceptions in people's mind are, they're not exceptions to defraud. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like defraud- yeah, basically, basically saying like, hey, you know, for the purpose of prayer, isn't like that's not a fraudulent thing to do. That's <laughs> not a deceitful thing to do. You're coming together, you're forming an agreement, and then you're fulfilling that agreement, and then quickly returning to each other. Right, right, right. So, like, even, like, even in, so Paul lists that as like a possible exception, like the only possible exception. But then he does so in a way that is just somewhat, um, like, it's not even precise. You, you get what I'm saying? So he says, he says uh, in verse five, "Do not deprive one another." Like that's a very strong statement. And then he only gives one qualification to it. He says, "Except perhaps by agreement, for a limited time, for the purpose of prayer." But then the issue is once it's except like once it becomes a situation where you're both mutually agreeing <laughs> to abstain <laughs> right mm-hmm. you're no longer in the realm of defrauding right so what what's actually happening is he's making a very strong statement like don't ever defraud each other right like uh like you don't defraud each other you don't cause each other to suffer loss by by illicit means you don't you know rob steal defraud whatever else you know perhaps and this is the way it's worded is like the perhaps the only situation where you would you could possibly do something is when you both agree <laughs> to it together, right? Right. For the purpose of prayer and just for a very limited time, that would be like if you both agree, but then like the issue is once you both agree, it's no longer defrauding <laughs> anyways. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think, I think the only thing that, that has me still a little hung up on it is just the fact that he, he uses the word accept, which, which seems like a strange, uh, it, it makes it it's it makes the verse still sound like that is yep. somehow a defrauding, even though I would I don't know that Paul would call it a defrauding. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? I, yeah, but you think about it this way: like if 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 Paul were to say, "Don't ever steal from each other," mm-hmm. right? Right. Except perhaps, except perhaps <laughs> if they if you both agree that that. <laughs> Like they willingly want to give you money that doesn't belong to you, uh-huh. right? In which case, then you know that's the only situation where you can take something that doesn't belong from you. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so that's what defraud means. Like, like defraud means steal, right? So, right. So if you think about it like that, you know, don't ever steal from your sp- your husband, right? Unless he agrees for a limited time, he doesn't need the money, and he's just going to give it to you. In which case, you can take it. You know. But you should never take it from him, like in an unwilling way. Right. So, like in that in that case, it's just that's kind of what this word means, basically. right? And it yeah. seems like essentially this verse is really kind of getting at like the selfish nature that we have, right? right? Like so, so Paul's saying, "Hey, don't defraud each other. Give what's owed to one another, at, right. you know, to your to your spouse." Um, and and then the same is expected from your spouse that your spouse will give to you what's owed to you uh and it should never you know there should never be any sort of like selfish i'm not going to give you what i promised you right 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 so the whole passage hinges on the idea that there are these things called conjugal rights okay (laughs) right so 
let the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. So like the idea is these conjugal rights exist. And then what, what each person is told in this arrangement is you don't defraud from them. And what that means is you don't cause them to suffer loss by taking away through illicit means. You don't steal from them. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, that's the issue. So that these rights exist, like they're there, like they're part of the marriage covenant. That's what they are. Right. So you're not allowed to you're not allowed to just like cut a person off. Like you're not allowed to do that because like you're, you're defrauding them. You're stealing from them. Like you're not, that's not permitted, right? That's not what marriage is. Marriage is a one flesh relationship. So for this reason, man shall leave his father and mother. This Genesis two twenty four. 24, uh, hold fast to his wife, two shall become one flesh. That's what marriage is. One flesh relationship that in, you, that um, grants you know, both parties conjugal rights. So it goes both ways. And, you know, if you're to withhold that from them, like you're stealing from them, you're robbing them. That's the concept, right? So then the issue is like, yeah, there's never a good case to do that. Like there's never a good situation where you do that. You may, you know, perhaps like in his language, you may perhaps agree together to temporarily, uh, you know, abstain for the purpose of prayer, but but there's not, there, like you, you know, you can't, like stealing's wrong, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> stealing's bad, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, and I guess if the other person's willing to give it to you, you know, meaning like, like, if we're using the stealing analogy, right? Yep. If someone's willing to give you something and you take it, you're not stealing, right? Right. right. So then that's how the that's how the the one exception he grants works. So, but then what people have done is they've just gotten so accustomed to adding a bunch of different exceptions to this that what they end up doing is they end up coming up with like a nonsense scenario, right? So they're making a hash of this word. De- uh, deprive here, right? Defraud mm-hmm. here. Like you, like, but the issue is like, you, this isn't the way to handle the tough cases, if that makes sense. So when I say that, when I say, hey, there's no good reason to ever defraud someone, what I, I didn't say that like a woman who just gave birth to a child is morally, like, you know, yesterday is morally in sin for not being able to have sex with her husband <laughs> temporarily right you, you, like, yeah. i didn't say that but that's maybe that may be what they hear but then that's not what i said so but then so the issue is like there's other ways to deal with these difficult you know kind of exceptions in people's minds but then the issue is they're not actually exceptions they're just different things does that make sense yeah but but explain a little more what you mean by what they're they're just different things okay all right, if a wife is in a coma, let's, let's go with like the easiest analogy possible. A wife okay. is in a coma. Is it possible for her to defraud her husband in that moment? No. <laughs> She's unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you see what I mean? So like people would put that forward as an exception to what Paul is saying, but do you see how it's totally irrelevant to what Paul is saying? Uh-huh. Like it has nothing to do with what he's talking about. Yeah. Like she, she can't defraud him because she's not there. <laughs> she's, she's, <in> yeah. a coma. <laughs> she's not like withholding, she's not making she's, a conscious decision. <laughs> she's not making a decision something. to cause him to suffer loss through illicit means. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like that's not what happened. <laughs> what happens is she's out. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> she's <laughs> out. <laughs> she's gone, man. You know? So, I mean, like, well, she, hopefully she's not like gone, gone, you know, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, there's no defrauding happening there, you know? So, like, she's not withholding anything that's due to him. She's physically incapacitated. She's unable to give to him. Do you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So in that, so that's not an exception. Like that's the point. So when Paul says what he says in the way that he's saying it, like people are criticizing him for not talking about comas or something like that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if I, if I don't talk about a coma in that situation, what about a coma? Then people think, well, you're just like an idiot or something and you didn't like, come on, you know, you're not allowed to say it like that. It's like, well, Paul didn't say it like that. And the issue is not that Paul is unaware of the possibility of a coma. The issue is that that's not defrauding <laughs> right? <laughs> because she's, she's not withholding something that's in her power to give. <laughs> she has well, no power well, I to think give it. it. You, I think it you, says something that Paul just doesn't feel the need to like really qualify it a whole lot. Right. right. Like, and, and I think, and I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're going to talk about this some, some more what I'm about to say, but you know, I think that does speak to there. There's a lot of times where you read things in the Bible and you think to yourself, man, if someone were to say this today, they would need to endlessly qualify this. Right. You know, with, with this scenario and with that scenario and, and all of these different things. But then so often throughout the Bible, you just, you just read these almost like one liners a lot of times where it's just, it's straightforward. It's not difficult to understand at all. Uh, unless, unless you just really hate what's being said. Right. And you want to, you want to twist it to mean something that it doesn't mean. And, and this seems like one of those passages where Paul's being really straightforward uh, he's giving a he's giving a command for husbands and wives not to deprive one another, right? And he's not qualifying it endlessly. He's not talking about the coma. He's not talking about the woman who just gave birth. He's not talking about when you're sick or you know whatever whatever else. And we'll talk about some of those things. But he just for some for some reason he doesn't feel the need to qualify any of those things. And it, and you're right. It's it's not like he's unaware that those are possibilities, right? It's not like people started getting sick 50 years ago, right? He's, but he's not talking about, he doesn't mention that at all. And so in my mind that does, and that does kind of speak to the kind of society we're in right now. Like, Hey, what, whatever, whatever your conclusion is, I don't know how you can read a verse like this and then hear people talk about the topic and conclude that we are faithfully obeying this verse, yep. you know, as the, as the, uh, you know, you know, the universal church, like all Christians everywhere. Generally, I don't know how you can come away with that conclusion. Well, think about it this way. Like, just, let's return like, because this is, this, this is a word that means steal. Okay. Okay. So think about it that way. Now let's just move out of this realm and talk about stealing. What does God say? Thou shalt not steal. Period. (laughs) (laughs) But think about that. Like, there's no need. Like, the issue is related to the concept of stealing. There's no need to qualify it. Right. Because there's no good situation to steal. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's not a good, like, there's no, there's never a good reason. So, you can come up with a good reason in your mind to steal. But then the issue is stealing by definition is wrong. (laughs) there's no there's like even if you know um like even the most robin hood kind of scenario or whatever else like like there's um you know maybe there's some sort of concept of taking back what belongs to you but then if you're gonna get into that kind of realm you're no longer talking about stealing 
So like the moral argument you're making at that point is it belongs to me and it was stolen and I'm just taking it back. Right. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah. So the issue is the only way you can make this argument is to say, Hey, it's not stealing. You, You see, you see what I mean? Yeah. Now, like, are there situations where it's understandable for a thief to steal? Well, the Bible even mentions those in Proverbs, like you don't despise a thief who's starving to death or something like that. But that doesn't mean it's morally right. (laughs) Right. You just may understand as a human being that there are some situations which are harder than others and, you know, hope that you never get into that kind of situation. Yeah, like surely there's a difference between stealing a loaf of bread and stealing a PS5, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, or the all the the, the uh, Gucci bags at the store or right. for rep, for reparations. So, like so but then the issue is like if you're dealing with a word steal, steal by definition is wrong. There's never a good case to steal. That's what we're talking about, right? So then like the issue is what what's happening with this discussion is people really they don't under they don't believe that conjugal rights are rights. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if a conjugal right is a right, and to defraud someone is stealing, right? To deprive, cause someone to suffer loss through illicit means, to rob, to steal, to despoil, to defraud. If that's what you're talking about, there's never a good situation to do that. There's no exceptions to that. That's wrong, you know, period. The end is wrong. <laughs> it's wrong to steal. And so like, that's the, that's the very point in which the dispute is happening in our society. We don't believe these are rights. Like, and so we believe that these are like, these are privileges <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. you have to continually earn, you know, in the, in the course of your marriage, like meaning, you know, like if you're a husband, you have to, you know, keep, keep your wife happy, you know, give her as much like quality time as she wants and everything else, like fulfill of all of her relational needs. And you have to do that in order to earn this privilege again. Right. So your mar- marriage vows didn't do it now. You know, I could say something like that and people, what they instantaneously hear, and it's like crazy they hear this. They think I'm saying that a guy, like a guy, like it's honorable just to like ignore your wife and then expect her to sleep with you or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, (laughs) I didn't say that at all. I'm (laughs) saying that, I'm saying that like the issue is these are rights and what, what are the entailments of rights? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So you should never take away someone's right. You never, you're never, you don't have the moral high ground by depriving someone of their rights ever. Like you never occupy, no matter how understandable it is. And so what you have is you have like a situation where you have this command that people are treating as if it's optional instead of as a command, right? Yeah. So they're they're treating it as some, and then like the issue is if you say, hey, you know, Let's say that like a husband was rude to his wife earlier in the day and then he wants to sleep with her at night or whatever. And like, is she allowed to say no? It's like, well, no, biblically, she's not allowed to say no. (laughs) Like, that's not the way it works, right? So like, she's not allowed to say no, but that doesn't mean that he's a good guy for not living with her in an understanding way either, right? So both things can be true at the same time. You can have a guy who's just being a pig. And you can have a woman who's being defiant. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like both, both of those things can exist at once. And what people want to do is they want to make obedience to this one contingent upon the other person obeying first. But then that's not really how it works. (laughs) Like that's not like the, the only, the way relationships work is that both people have to commit to obeying God, no matter what the other person does. And that extends to this area too. Both. So you're never like, you know, 
if you get mad at your wife and you don't talk to her for three days, there's never a good reason to do that. It doesn't matter what she did. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. In, in my mind, it, it seems a lot like the whole, you know, a lot of people will bring up in the, in the, you know, abortion baby murder debate, they'll bring up this idea of like, Hey, just because I'm, just because I'm sleeping around doesn't mean I want to get pregnant. And it's like, well, then why are you sleeping around? I mean, that's the natural outcome of having sex is get, you will get pregnant. That's what happens. And sure. There's ways to try and stave it off, but that's the natural process. So why did you even agree to, you know, performing that action to begin with and with and with conjugal rights it, it in my mind it, it seems like a similar discussion you know where where if you're saying hey i don't want to give my spouse their conjugal rights well then the question is just, well why did you marry them sure. if you if you don't want to do it now to your point what you're saying sure there's absolutely you know bad husbands out there there's absolutely bad wives out there but then that's that's like a that's you know a separate discussion right yeah yeah i mean it's like all right so just as it, you know husband has a responsibility to provide for his wife right so you think about it this way like is there ever a good reason for a husband just to quit his job and not go to work anymore <laughs> no the bible would call him worse than an unbeliever <laughs> but what if she was mean to him still worse than an unbeliever <laughs> right what if she deprives him of his conjugal rights? <laughs> you, you, see, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's not like, a, that's not like, no matter how she sins against you, you throwing your hands up in the air and say, Hey, I'm not going to do fulfill my responsibilities. There's never justified. I don't care if she's like mean to you all day long. I don't care if she's a contentious woman. If she's like one of those ladies that's better to live on the corner of a rooftop. If you decide to just stop going to work to provide for her, the Bible says you're worse than an unbeliever, <laughs> like because you're 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 not fulfilling your vows <laughs> at that point. And so, like the issue is, we know this as it relates to men, but we we don't typically know this in the opposite direction. Right? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like we know we know related to anything that the Bible calls a man to do, we're going to absolutely hold him to do that, no matter what she does right mm-hmm. but then in the other area we just we, we don't have the same kind of rigor but then the issue is that's just the way it works on both sides like, and and God, even and even going so far as to say hey whatever you know whatever the whatever the wife does that might be wrong in the relationship it's probably the husband's fault in some way sure sure so i mean i, I just i just whatever you do you just when you have a command, you have a command, you have to treat it like a command. That's the point, you know? Right. So, so the issue here is, yeah, if you had asked me, is there any, if, is there ever a situation where you deprive your spouse or conjugal rights? No, I was saying, no, that's like, you would never steal. So, never steal. so what about, you know, just going to quickly go into some of these, you know, individual excuses that people might give, you know, would you, and, and maybe we can try and try and define the line a little a little more clearly for people who might still feel confused on this. But earlier you talked about like, Hey, what if your what if your wife is in a coma? What if your husband's in a coma? Sure. Are they denying you, you know, your conjugal so, rights? Uh, no. Right. Yep. Because they're in, inca- they're incapable of, of, right. of fulfilling that promise right now. Yep. So uh, are there, I know people give other, other reasons why like, Hey, what if I'm sick? 
you know, sure. is sickness in your mind a, hey, you are incapable of fulfilling sure, your yeah. conjugal rights? I mean, I think a lot of the things, the situations people will bring up, I would put in that category of being in, uh, incapable, being, if that makes sense. Being incapable. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, obviously in the Bible you have... You have sick people who are laying beside pools, and the Bible describes them as being unable to get up and walk and move, right? Mm -hmm. So that kind of person, like the issue is like there is a category in the Bible of a person who is a cripple, right? <laughs> and so like there's there's categories for sick people, like people who have debilitating illnesses. Like they're and like the issue is you don't look at those people and you say, Hey, um, you're worse than an unbeliever because you're not working to provide for your family. It's like he's bedridden. <laughs> right dude has no legs and no arms <laughs> because, <laughs> Golly. Because, because the muslim tribe came in and chopped him off because he was a christian or something like that right sure so i'm not making light of that if there's anyone who doesn't have any arms or legs who's listening to this i'm just trying to say that like there's obviously like the bible obviously has a category for suffering debilitating illness and like with that kind of situation the Bible would use language to say, hey, they're unable to do things. And so if you're unable to do something, you're unable to do something. That's just the way it works. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So now, I mean, there's obviously sickness and there's sickness. So if you say, hey, like is sickness a good reason to deprive your spouse? I'm going to say, no, it's not a, like sickness is not a good reason to deprive your spouse. Like, uh, but like sickness may f fall into this category of being like physically incapacitated, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like physically unable to perform normal obligations. So if you're physically unable to perform normal obligations, like the issue is you're not depriving in that moment. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're just too weak. <laughs> you're too weak to move. You know? <laughs> 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 you see? Sure. Like uh, we could do this thing that you want to do, but I may throw up on you. You know. <laughs> like, uh -huh. So you know, like, so is there a difference between that and? I mean, obviously, there's different kinds of sicknesses, right? So there's like, there's the sickness like you're talking about, you know, and then there's the sickness that's, you know, like I have I have a headache and I'm cranky and I'm in a bad mood. Yeah, yeah, like I'm I'm you know I'm I'm cramping or I don't feel, I don't feel good. Right? Yeah, like I'm you know I'm nauseous, but I'm not like throwing up nauseous. I'm just yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, there's tons of stuff like that that we that we all feel all the time. So. Is that in the same category as like, hey, I've had my, you know, arms and legs chopped off, even though that's not a sickness, obviously, but. Yeah. So I'm not, when I say that sickness falls into that category, I'm, I, I, I want that category to be a strong category. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I, there is a category in the Bible of someone who's physically unable to do something. And so use your brain and figure out what that is. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, typically like we know, like. I mean, we know this in other realms. So like if you were to, um, you know, if you were to call in sick at work, so just, just take it out of this realm, right? It, it completely. What is your, what does your employer expect? A doctor's excuse, right? Right. <laughs> if, you, if you go to school, you call in sick, a doctor's excuse. So, I mean, we, we have a category for this kind of thing to where 
you know, it's it, it can get fuzzy at a certain point, but we all know what this category is. Like you're sick. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so there's obviously sickness and there's like, I don't feel good. You know, like I haven't felt good like for the past 20 years <laughs> <You know? laughs> because I make poor life choices. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> because, because I make poor life choices. I never move and you know, everything else. So like, there's obviously like that kind of like, psychosomatic i'm suffering from fibromyalgia sickness uh there's that kind of thing and then there's like a real sickness and so i would say that the real sickness whatever that means like whatever that real sickness means i would say that falls into the category of physically incapacitated but i mean like the issue is yeah obviously like people work that category for all sorts of reasons in all sorts of areas you know to, you know, there is a type of person who is constantly calling into work sick and there's really nothing wrong with them. They stayed up too late playing video games and that kind of thing. And they're saying they're sick because they don't feel good because they woke up and they had a headache and, you know, maybe they have a little bit of a tummy ache. And, you know, obviously in a saner time, people would look at them and say, hey, no more obligations, proceed, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and if, if you're the kind of person who's constantly like working that category, then you end up getting fired in most places, right? Hopefully, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so in most 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 normal secular employees are not going to deal with that, you know, kind of thing in perpetuity forever. It's like, all right, yeah, you've you've pulled that card too many times, and now we don't believe you anymore, right? So, right. I mean, I think like something like I think just sanity would prevail. Like, so I would I would just say that whatever physical sickness is, would there there is a category for that. So okay. yes, stage four cancer can't move, whatever you know. Now, I mean, obviously, like years people have been in stage four cancer and still want to give to their spouse and you know, do it delicately and whatever else, you know, kind of thing. But like, there's just, there is a category for that. And I'm not going to define, you know, every situation for everyone, but that would be a category. But then whatever that category is, I'm just trying to say, it's not really depriving anyone at that point. It's just, you're being, you're physically unable to fulfill normal responsibilities. What about a spouse going out of town? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I would think that if you are a spouse who goes out of town, you're not depriving anyone. Okay, because what you're not there. But but you know, is it the kind of thing where it's like, hey, you say like, hey, I'm not going to go out of town without my spouse because I don't want to I mean, deny I, I think, them that. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know what that all entails, you know, um, like I don't know what all, what, what all entails. Like, I mean, I, I obviously I think couples should have this category in their mind. And I mean, I think it's a weird thing for couples to go on separate vacations in general, mm -hmm. period, you know. Well, I was thinking more like work trips or, you know, something, yeah, something I mean, I like think it, that probably. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, both people have conjugal rights. And if you have such frequent work trips that basically put you unavailable for significant periods of time and your spouse is like not cool with that, then this would be an area where they could veto that and you should take it seriously. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like you should, it shouldn't, you, it shouldn't just be something you laugh off immediately. If your spouse says, Hey, I don't want you doing that. Anymore. I don't want you leaving for six months out of the year. Right. <laughs> you know? Now does that include As like a pattern of life? Does that <laughs> because include, I have conjugal rights. Does that know? include like military deployment? Would you yeah, I mean, I don't, that in that category? Yeah, I, I mean, we could do a whole episode on military deployment, but I think uh, a lot of, I mean, I think it's ridiculous to get married to someone and like get married to someone and then knowing that you're going to be deployed overseas for a, two, for a couple years. And all I've ever seen that happen, like that always, I mean, I've, ne I've never seen, 
I've hardly ever seen that in the in well. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so like that kind of, I mean, I, I, to, to, to men that have been thinking about getting married and then go, you know, be deployed overseas for a couple of years. I've, I've looked at them and I basically said, Hey, your, your mouth is writing checks. Your body can't cash, you know, yeah. that isn't the way this works. I mean, there's even old Testament laws related to this kind of thing right. too, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that you could speak to. So we'd have to do a whole topic on that, but yeah, I, I would think that, yeah, just employment in general. Um, like I wouldn't describe that. I wouldn't describe like, Hey, you know, like the idea, if you both agree that it's fine to go out of town or something like that, at that point, you're not really depriving anyone of anything. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I have two more questions. The The second one being, what about a spouse who either physically abuses you and or cheats on you? <laughs> See, so those aren't good reasons to deprive either. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why not? What I, what I mean is like, you have marital obligations. So like the, the issue is like whatever a person's position on the abuse issue, right? Whatever that means, like physical abuse, whatever their position on that, what they should be arguing for would be some sort of like, if they're like, if you're going to argue that divorce or that physical abuse is a reason to get divorced, then what you would be arguing is not a reason to deprive someone. You'd be arguing a reason to divorce someone. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh huh. Yeah, so so you're basically having a a completely separate conversation, right? If someone cheats on you, they they violate their marriage vows. At that point, you're having a divorce discussion. What you're not having is a discussion that. So what you're saying is like in this situation, this person has forfeited their rights, and you're they're no longer you're married to them. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But what you're not going to do is like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. So you can't like if you're you know. In the situation, like wife cheats on husband, whatever else, husband cheats on wife, you can't in that kind of scenario say, well, I'm going to continue to accept your material provision, you know, and for for the rest of my life while I'm living under, you know, your roof and you're taking care of all my needs and everything else. And now you've broken trust with me. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to fulfill any of my responsibilities towards you. It's like you, you you either need to be divorced or you need to be married. (laughs) Do you Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. If you're being, if you're divorcing them, like you're not depriving them in conjugal rights, you're saying you broke the covenant time to acknowledge it. Right. Yeah. But what you can't do is say, Hey, we're going to still be in covenant in the covenant of marriage together. And I'm not going to do my part anymore because you sinned. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Even if that, even if that sin is uh, consistent, not just like a single isolated time. Right. Yeah, I mean, you you either divorce them, <laughs> or you forgive, <laughs> and you be faithful. <laughs> you right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, their lack of faithful, like, there's not like a scenario where you can just say, "Hey, I'm not going to divorce you, but I'm not going to be a wife to you anymore, but you're going to be a husband to me." Right. Like that, it just doesn't work that way. You, you, like that, like you can't just sin in perpetuity in response to their sin you need to get in a situation where you're released of obligations from them okay does that make sense yeah um so so then uh, at that point you're not depriving you're just you're saying you broke the covenant let's acknowledge it move on yeah separate conversation a completely different conversation uh so the last one being what about two spouses who come together and they say hey we're gonna you know we're gonna agree to not have sex together 
not for the purpose of prayer. They're just deciding, you know, not to have sex anymore. Yeah. I mean, uh, is that depriving or whatever? Yeah. Like, like would that be in violation of what Paul is saying? They're, they're coming together and they're saying, Hey, we're not going to have sex. It's not, it's not for the purpose of prayer. We've just decided, you know, we just, neither of us want to right now for the foreseen future. <laughs> um, I, I mean, obviously, like, there's part of this discussion that's related to age or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, meaning, like, sex has a biological function. And, and so, I mean, I think there's obviously, like, within this, like, you get to be where you're 80 and you're 90 years old. <laughs> <laughs> your, your hips sure. no longer working, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> You no longer have any hormones whatsoever related to these things. You know, you're. you're are you uh, talking about like a you know the the spirit is willing but the flesh is is weak kind of kind of discussion here or something. All that, yeah. I mean, I, I, there's obviously like you you think about what's being said here. You're talking about like depriving someone through illicit means, right? So I mean, there's obviously situations in the life of marriage to where you know the desires start slowing down on both ends of things. You know, both people are perfectly satisfied. There's no like it's just that becomes less important feature of the relationship at that point uh just because um but i mean at that point you're really not you're not even having a deprived discussion anymore you're just like neither one of you are able you're having an ability kind of kind of discussion now i mean you have like two people who are burnt like you have two people who are like one of which are burning with sexual desire or something like that you know and then you come to some sort of arrangement that like you're going to in an extended period of time, not for the purpose of prayer, take a break from this. It's just like, yeah, you're just opening yourself up for temptation. And, you know, at that point, um, like, yeah, okay. Maybe you're not like technically depriving one another in the sense of like, you're not asking for anything and neither of you want anything, but all you're doing is you're revealing the significant like problem in your relationship that Satan is going to get a foothold and take advantage of. Right. Mm-hmm. So then like the, the, the additional command is, but come together again quickly so that Satan may not tempt you from your last, for, because of your lack of self-control. So you, you, this, this is a feature of the relationship, you know, and, the, and even if you both agree to say, Hey, we're not going to take part in this or something along those lines, well, you're just, all you're doing is open yourself up for temptation, you know? So you may not technically be, like necessarily depriving one another in the strict sense of the word and that kind of arrangement, but you are opening yourself up to temptation and you're not really being a good picture of what marriage is. And don't be surprised if it like turns out horribly. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> okay. So we'll see how that goes. Right. You know, so I mean, and it may go fine for one party and not for the other, you know, Right. but, um, but I mean, the, the only reason why like, there shouldn't be any reason why you say, Hey, yeah, you know what? I love you, care about you, but I don't want to be with you in that way. It's just kind of gross, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of disgusting. It's not worth it, you know, just swear. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Well, uh, thank you, Tim, for you know, answering all my questions, talking about this topic. Some, it, it is pretty, it is pretty interesting. Like, like I was saying earlier, how you can read a verse that seems to be so straightforward, very few qualifications at all tied to the command. And yet our society seems, uh, yeah, just, hyper-focused on trying to find every single excuse not to follow the command. Right. And so, so that, that is, that is something to think about as as you're, as those of you who are listening or are thinking on this topic, as you're reading scripture about this topic is why does society have such a visceral reaction 
to seemingly a pretty straightforward Bible verse. And, and I think deep down we all know the answer. So, um, But we appreciate you guys uh, for supporting us week in and week out, for listening to the podcast, for liking and subscribing to the YouTube channel, for giving us the five-star review ratings. And, and that's certainly a way that uh, y'all can support us for free, to totally for free financially. Just takes a few seconds for you guys to do, and it it really does get out get us out there as a channel a lot more than you might realize so you know please consider doing that to support us liking and subscribing to the youtube channel commenting on the videos uh, leaving us five star reviews and subscribing wherever you listen to the podcast if you want to follow us on social media there's links down in the description to our facebook page and our twitter page and if you do want to support us financially there's a link to our patreon down in the description as well where you can go and do that and so we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.